Welcome to the Solution Radio Show with Greg Backus. Our world is full of incomplete solutions, leaving people searching for more. God's only solution for all mankind for all time is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Grow in relationship with God, your Heavenly Father, because your purpose is far greater than the day-to-day circumstances of life. Let's join Greg for the Solution Radio Show as he shares from God's Word with us today. Well, I thought we'd look at the topic of seeking God first. I'd like to start by asking a couple questions. What do you seek for or look for day to day? What do you pursue to attain and consider to be of great value? Where is your time and where is your energy spent? You know, I'd say for most people in the world today, they seek for riches, for honor, or maybe the praise of men. And then there are many that do seek after God and the things of God. Uh, That's the category we want to fall into, those who seek after God and the things of God. And those that do seek after God are at times dismissed by the world as being a little off or maybe uh, living to an undesirable extreme. It's really easy in this world to follow the masses and pursue after riches, honor, and the praise of men. It's not always easy to follow after God and his heart in this crazy, messed-up world. It can be at times a bit of a struggle, almost as if you're like a fish fighting to get upstream. Until, until your seeking of God flows out from your heart, then you can consider it to be your first nature, where it's just the natural thing to do. And in that, in that seeking of God, where it's your heart's desire, you just have tremendous joy, tremendous joy unspeakable. And it's a joy that the world could never replace, just impossible. So let's begin. If you've got your Bible handy, uh, we're going to look at a couple verses here in Psalms. We'll start in uh, Psalm 119, verse 2. It says here, Blessed are they that keep God's testimonies and that seek him with their whole heart. That's the King James Version. The Amplified Version reads, Those who crave him with your whole heart. Well, what is it to crave? It's to desire for, to yearn for. We're to desire to know intimately with our whole heart, our Heavenly Father. That's his desire for you. Let's look in Psalm 27, verses 1 through 4. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell, though a host should encamp against me. Verse 3, my heart shall not fear, though war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord. Verse 4, that will I seek after. And here it is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And that literally means to, to be in the presence of God all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Well, is there someone whose presence you to be in, you desire to be in all the days of your life? Here in Psalm 27, David the psalmist sought the presence of the Lord. He desired to see the beauty of his God and to reflect and meditate on God's word. Psalm 40, verse 16. 
Let all those that seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. You know, I love his salvation. He has given me eternal life. He has given you eternal life. If you believe on the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you have confessed Jesus as Lord of your life, as it says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, I want to say continually, every day, all the time, the Lord be magnified. You know, what profit is there in magnifying myself? Or what profit would it be for you to magnify yourself? Even the greatest of men, whether they be in government or maybe in the financial world or, or maybe they're great in their head knowledge or maybe they're great in the circles of religious tradition, all of that is nothing compared to God. What will last through eternity is the Spirit of God and the labor, the work that springs forth from the love of God that lives in the heart of an individual. Let's let God be magnified. And you know, in Acts chapter 10, verse 46, a remarkable record there, it says that when Peter and the apostles that were present or the other uh, Jewish individuals that were present with him heard them speak with tongues, they magnified God. So in the Spirit, it's available to magnify God as well. And to magnify God is to praise him, to declare him as great and mighty and powerful and wonderful. Those of us that love the salvation which he has given us, we are to continually magnify the Lord God Almighty. What an awesome privilege we have. What a wonderful life to live. Psalm 34, let's look at verse 1. And we'll read verses 1 through 10 here. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof, and they shall be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Verse 4, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. When we seek the Lord, he hears us. But not only does he hear us, he delivers us, and he delivers us from all fear. Do you feel that you have fear in your life? In any area. Much of life today is built on fear. Fear of not having enough. Fear of what others may think of you. Fear of failure. Fear of dying. Fear of you fill in the blank. Well, that verse says, seek the Lord. He will hear you, and he will absolutely deliver you from all your fears. Continuing in Psalm 34, verse 5. They looked unto him, and they were lightened. Their faces were not ashamed. You know, never, never be ashamed of God and the deliverance which he has brought to pass in your life. God is not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed to call you his child. Jesus Christ is not ashamed to call you his brother, says that in Hebrews. Well, continuing here in Psalm 34, verse 6, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. You know, I felt like that sometimes. I'm sure you have too. You know, we cry out to God. God hears us, and God delivers. Continuing in the Psalm, The angel of the Lord camps round about them that reverence God 
and delivers them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Let's taste and see. Let's give God a chance. Seek God and magnify him and trust him and see the blessings and the abundance he has for you. He's always good. He's never going to give you anything that would harm you. He loves you. Let's not relegate God to our, our last choice where we, you know, we've tried to figure it all out on our own and we've run around and, and talked to everybody else about it, but still we don't see the deliverance. And then finally we go to God. No, let's go to God first. Taste and see that the Lord is good and you are blessed. The man is blessed. The woman, the child is blessed that trusts in him. Continuing in that Psalm, verse 9, it says, O reverence the Lord, you his saints, for there is no lack to them that reverence God. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Those that seek the Lord will not lack in any area of life. Let's look in uh, the Gospels, uh, Matthew chapter 6. Here there's a tremendous record where we will see the difference between trusting God and having our mind distracted away from trusting God. In the section of Scripture that we're going to read here in Matthew 6, verses 19 through 34, there are many different customs, there's figures of speech, and there's idioms that are unique to the day and time of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ spoke what we're going to read here in Matthew, his audience, they knew exactly what he was saying. So we want to look at these verses in light of that understanding of that culture. And we'll start here in Matthew 6, verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust does corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. Well, I want to read that the way it would be understood in that culture. Lay not up for yourselves thoughts on material or carnal thinking, where fear and worry breeds, and where doubts break through and cause frustration and defeat. Isn't that so true that when we worry and fear, we're defeated and frustrated? Verse 20, but lay up for yourselves thoughts in heaven, things on God's word, spiritual matters, where fear and worry does not breed, and where doubts do not break through and cause frustration and defeat. Verse 21, for where your thoughts are, where your treasure is, it's not talking about material treasure, where your thoughts are, there will your heart be also. The mind is the doorkeeper to your heart. What you dwell upon, what you think upon continually is where your heart will end up, whether good or bad. And remember from Proverbs chapter 4, I think it's verse 23, where it says all the issues of our life come from the heart. So it's so important. The one thing you can control in your life is your thinking. We are to control our thoughts and to base our thoughts on spiritual matters. Uh, God's word, where fear and worry can't break through, where doubts don't overwhelm and cause frustration and defeat. We'll continue here in Matthew chapter 6 after this short break. Uh, please visit our website, thesolutionradioshow.com. This is The Solution Radio Show with Greg Backus. 
exploring God's solution for all mankind, for all time, Jesus Christ. Well, let's continue here in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, we, we saw there the first few verses we read about controlling our thinking so as not to allow fear and worry to, to breed in our heart or no, nor doubts to be able to come in and cause frustration and defeat. Uh, the mind is the doorkeeper to your heart. Well, verse 22, it says here, the light of the body or your life is the eye. And the eye here is referring to spiritual understanding. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. The light of your life is your spiritual understanding. For your eye to be single means that your life is centered on God. It's not distracted from God. Your heart is seeking and craving God. When your eye is single, it is because your thoughts have been centered on God and his goodness. The issues of your life become the path which God has laid out for you, which is the greatness of living his word in your heart and life, the path that he has prepared for you. Verse 23, but if your eye, your spiritual understanding, be evil or dark, your whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? If your spiritual understanding is dark, and it would be dark because of either not knowing God or through a wrong dividing, wrong understanding of God's word issuing an error, then your life, it says here, is full of darkness. Well, anyone in this state of spiritual darkness, they think that they are walking in light, but in truth they are not. In a state like that, how great is that darkness? They think they're right in doing a work for God, but in reality they are at cross purposes with God, trying to hinder God and God's people. Not a good uh, place to be. Verse 24, continuing here in Matthew 6. No man can serve two masters. You can't be sold out or committed to two different masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon is the riches of the world, the pride of life. You can't serve both. Verse 25, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not your life more than meat, and your body more than your clothing? That take no thought there doesn't mean that we don't think about what we're going to eat or wear. Rather, it means don't be mentally distracted. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear. Don't be worried that the need won't be supplied, because it will. Verse 26, behold, the fowls of the air. They don't sow, they don't plant, they don't reap, they don't gather together into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than the birds of the air? Sure. Have you ever seen a starving bird? I haven't. God takes care of birds. Aren't you more valuable than a bird? Yes. Which of you, verse 27, by taking thought, can add one cubit to your stature? You know, can you think about it to the end that you could cause yourself to grow another inch or two? 
Impossible. Verse 28, And why take ye thought for your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not. They don't spin. The lilies, they just grow. God takes care of them. And verse 29, And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these lilies. Wherefore, verse 30, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith or little believing? God takes care of his creation. He clothes the grass of the field with the lilies, and it's beautiful. Don't you think he will supply what you need? Gosh, you're a man, a woman, a child, You're God's prized creation whom he desires to have a relationship with. He will surely take care of you. Verse 31, therefore, take no thought. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what are we going to wear? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek or the unbelievers. For your heavenly father, he knows that you have need of all these things. Here's the key verse, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, your food, your clothing, your material need, shall be added unto you. I would say God could add all those things unto you much more abundantly and richly and fully than you could ever add those things unto yourself by your own good works. Verse 34, take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In other words, don't be mentally distracted and anxious about the distractions of tomorrow. Today's today. Tomorrow has not even yet arrived. Seek God, and he will make known himself unto your heart. Seek his righteousness and his kingdom, and he'll take care of all your need. You know, we just don't have to get all worried and all shook like those who serve the world. In Philippians, we see another very interesting section of Scripture and an example of a man that sought the things of God. And here it's Timothy, and Paul refers to Timothy. Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 will start. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. And Paul desired to know, how are the Philippian believers, how are you doing in your relationship with God? Verse 20, he says here, for I have no man like-minded, and that word like-minded is equal-souled, who will naturally care for your state. It was Timothy's natural desire to take care of their state, their walk with God. He would encourage, Timothy would encourage God's people. He would pray with God's people. He would minister to the believers in Philippi. It was his desire to care for God's people. Verse 21, Paul continues on here, For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. The others, they sought or diligently pursued after their own pursuits, their own selfish motives, the pride of life the riches of the world, but not Timothy. Verse 22, for you know the proof or the integrity of Timothy, that as a son with the father, he served with me in the gospel. Timothy, a wonderful example of someone who who sought the things of God and served. 
Colossians chapter 3, let's read verses 1 through 4. It says, Since you then be risen with Christ, this is talking about you, since you then be risen with Christ, seek or diligently pursue after those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. How are you going to diligently pursue after those things which are above? That's what we're instructed to do. And I'm sure that's what you would like to do. That's what I want to do. The next verse gives us a tremendous key. Verse 2, set your thoughts on things above, not on things on the earth. It's something that we do. We set our thoughts on things above. Where do we discover the things that are above? In God's word. Specifically for us today in the church epistles, that's Romans through Thessalonians, we're the ones that must control our thoughts to dwell on the goodness of God, to seek God, to meditate on the word of God as David did in the Psalms. We're to delight in our Heavenly Father and all of his magnificent work. If we don't control our thoughts to dwell on the goodness of God, then I can assure you the world will fill your mind with its own words. The world would like your thoughts to become the latest Hollywood gossip or the lyrics from the latest pop song or thoughts of anxiety and fear or thoughts of self-righteousness and pride. Well, we are instructed to set our thoughts on things above. Verse 3, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. That's where our life is hid. It's hid with Christ in God. To know Christ is to know yourself because you got Christ in you have Christ within you the hope of glory it says that in Colossians chapter 1 i believe verse 27 or 28 our life is found in Christ 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 says behold what manner of love the father has shown us that we should be called the sons of god therefore the world knows us not because it knew him not beloved now not someday Not tomorrow, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Verse 4, when Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall you absolutely also appear with him in glory. The Lord Jesus Christ, he is going to absolutely return someday. And when he does you shall appear with him in glory. What a privileged life we have to seek the one true God, to allow him to make himself known, and then for each of us to live the life that he has called you to. No one in the family of God is insignificant. You are valuable beyond measure to the Father. Each of you, from the youngest to the oldest, has a purpose that God will make known to you as you seek him first and as you trust him with your life. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. The Solution Radio Show archives are available at thesolutionradioshow.com along with resources to encourage and help you in your walk with God. The Solution Radio Show is supported by listeners like you. Make a donation today to join in sustaining God's work at thesolutionradioshow.com. You've been listening to The Solution Radio Show with Greg Backus, and we thank you for joining us today. God bless you. You are God's very best.